Welcome to the Community Broadband Bits podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. This is Lisa Gonzalez. This week, Christopher introduces us to Mayor Gary Fuller of Opelika, Alabama, and Jennifer McCain of the Motive Group. Chris's guests tell us a little about the history of the community and their decision to build a fiber network. The community has been held captive by horrible service offered by Charter Communications, but efforts to bring more private competition have failed. Community leaders want to bring reliable connectivity to Opelika and improve existing municipal electric service. A fiber network is the natural choice. The network is in the testing phase now with deployment scheduled for May. As Jennifer notes, while more communities offer fiber network for telecommunications, they also take advantage of the investment to improve electric delivery and manage other municipal utilities. Let's go to Christopher, Jennifer, and Mayor Fuller. Today on the Community Broadband Bits, we're talking with Mayor Gary Fuller of Opelika, Alabama, and Jennifer McCain of the Motive Group. Mayor Fuller, will you please start by describing Opelika to us? Sure. I'd be glad to, and, and uh, it's a pleasure talking with you, Christopher, and and uh, thank you for allowing uh, me and us to talk about uh, my favorite community in the world, which is Opelika. Opelika was established back in 1854, so... We've been around for about 159 years, and our claim to fame for, for many years, um, we were a railroad town in that uh, we have uh, an east-west railroad line and a north-south railroad line that uh, uh, interconnect in, in Opelika, and uh, not very far from City Hall where I'm speaking to you from. And then we had an economy that uh, was based on agriculture and textiles. Then later on, uh, we, we added a tire manufacturing plant, a magnetic uh, tape a manufacturing plant. Uh, all the textile plants are gone, and, and that's, for the most part, gone offshore and will not, will not ever come back. But Opelika has managed to, uh, I guess, sort of reinvent ourselves in that we've... Uh, had a number of additional industries that have come to our community in the past several years, primarily the automotive parts manufacturing business, not only to serve the Kia plant in West Point, Georgia, which is about 20 miles from Opelika, but also the Hyundai plant in Montgomery, which is less than an hour from from where we are. Then we've expanded that into uh, uh, a renal uh, a company that manufactures renal filters for kidney dialysis, very high-tech uh, company, and then most recently a company that manufactures uh, vitamins, minerals, and supplements, uh, Nature Made, and that's a company called Pharmavite. So we still have all of our automotive plants, but then we've, we've added uh, the, the medical device manufacturer and the, uh, the vitamin manufacturer. So we're a community of about 27,000 people. We're part of the, it's the Opelika Auburn metropolitan uh, area. We're, we're a small uh, MPO, and I guess something of uh, a little more than 100,000 people in the uh, metropolitan area, and about almost 28,000 of those are in the corporate limits of Opelika. Thank you. And uh, and Jennifer, can you say a little bit about your background? Um, you and I met uh, at the Broadband Communities Conference last year in Dallas, which I just want to plug briefly because anyone who's listening, that will be coming up again in two weeks in Dallas. And uh, the Economic Development Program will almost certainly be broadcast uh, online. So um, definitely take a look into that. Uh, but Jennifer, um, a little bit of background? I have actually been um, working with municipals who were looking to 
build their own infrastructure, fiber infrastructure, for about 10 years. And I did that um, with a couple of different equipment manufacturers, um, most recently Occidental Lucent, and worked with um, communities like Opelika, um, Bristol, Tennessee, um, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Morristown, um, and multiple communities, and, and then with Opelika, and helping them try to um, figure out the best way to get into the business, what the business plan needed to look like, and then um, in Opelika, we've been fortunate enough to um, have the opportunity to work with them on actual execution um, of their project. This is a you know big undertaking for any community. Um, Mayor Fuller and um, his uh, support staff had the vision for this network, but like many others, they went and you know, asked their incumbent providers to bring these services to their community, and they were were not willing to make those investments. So they had the vision and the the desire to do it for themselves. And we have we formed the motive group for the purpose of helping them execute on that. And um, you know, we feel very passionate that this is the right thing to do, just like you you do. Um, and we're you know working on a day to day basis there with um, Opelika and um, helping them execute and bring services to their community as quickly as possible. So you you got into it a little bit there. Opelika started by um, by asking the incumbents to improve their services. Uh, Opelika has the the benefit of having a municipal electric department. Um, but uh, Mayor Fuller, maybe you can step us back a little bit and tell us um, how you came to be considering building your own network. Actually, it came about when we were trying to find a um, competitor for charter because uh, all of our complaints on their poor customer service, on their predatory pricing, charter being the incumbent provider, their slow internet speeds uh, just fell on deaf ears and there was no one locally uh, for charter that could really make a decision. Those decisions were being made, I suppose, at corporate or somewhere else. So it was quite frustrating for me, and there was hardly a day that passed that I didn't get a call here at uh, my office at City Hall with someone complaining about charter. So we tried to we tried to uh, recruit a competitor for charger was a, a charter. We were not successful with that. They said the numbers wouldn't work. So we started looking into it uh, on how we might be able to do it through uh, Opelika Power Services. And then uh, I became interested in uh, improving our electrical distribution uh, system that uh, the citizens of Opelika have owned for over a hundred years, and, and it is public power. So we we said, well, how can we improve uh, our efficiency? Well, you, you do that with smart grid, and you you do it with fiber, and you do it with smart meters. And so one thing leads to another. Um, you know, that fiber has such uh, capacity that we said, well, not only can we improve our power uh, system, uh, the local distribution and the reliability, but we can add video. We can add ultra-high-speed Internet. We can provide a telephone service. So that's really how we got into it. And what was the time frame of when you were doing a lot of this uh, investigation? Well, it was back in... Um, 07, uh, 08, um, and of course everything we did was uh, 
you know, part of the public record because uh, the city council uh, had to approve my request. Uh, well, first of all, we did a feasibility study, and of course, when when that was done, they brought the results to the council meeting. So, you know, the media was reporting on what we were doing. That, of course, raised a few eyebrows with the incumbent provider and and and, and perhaps other providers, and so uh, there began to be a little more interest, and and of course. Uh, uh, Charter wanted to tell us all the reasons uh, why this wouldn't work and why it was a bad decision for the city to get into something like something like this. So that was really back in back in '07 and '08, and um, then uh, we uh, had to have a referendum, uh, not for the fiber, not for the internet or the telephone or smart grid or anything else, but we had to have a referendum on being able to provide cable television services. And that was because of an Alabama law that was passed back in 2000, really designed to keep municipals like Opelika out of the uh, cable television business. So we uh, had a referendum, and the citizens of Opelika uh, passed it and approved us uh, doing the cable television part of this, which, of course, we didn't want to just build all that fiber that's uh, as you as you know can be quite expensive and we wanted to be able to fully utilize it which is to put everything that we can possibly put on there that uh, will, will provide a service to our business and our citizens and and then ultimately we expect to get a return on this investment you had mentioned um, the referendum, which was when I first learned about Opelika. I, I think I saw some newspaper articles about it, and I was very interested. Uh, I saw that Charter was doing the same things they normally do uh, in terms of trying to discourage. Uh, and I, I remember your referendum was focused very tightly around the smart grid and the benefits of of doing this to improve the smart grid uh, and seeing the uh, cable television services as something that that you know you you would sort of have to do in order to uh, bring along all the broadband and other benefits you you wanted to do. Is that am I remembering that correctly? Well, kind of, sort of. Uh, the the referendum uh, charter and others tried to to uh, make the referendum all about smart grid. It was not about smart grid. We didn't need a referendum for us to to uh, to build and uh, fully deploy our smart grid. We already had a a version of smart grid. We've been doing automated meter reading for a long time with a TWAC system. So that that we we had uh, some of the smart grid in place, but that's what the opposition tried to make it out to be that the referendum was about smart grid and it. If we had smart grid and smart meters, we were going to be able to tell what you were doing in your house or tell you what what if your coffee maker was on and all that stuff. And, of course, none of that's true. The, the referendum had one question. Should the city of Opelika be able to provide cable television service to Opelika citizens? That was the question. So the answer was yes. And what was do you remember the the proportion of the return? I think it was sixty three or sixty four percent that voted uh, yes. So thirty thirty five thirty six percent voted no. And then let me tell you what the opposition, the the conspiracy folks that uh, had me in there with Al Gore and President Obama on global warming and being able to take control and tell them what uh, electrical appliances they could use uh, 
they they put out a lot of what I would term misinformation, and and I'm sure that that got them a few uh, no votes. But uh, at the end of the day, our citizens approved the cable TV part of it. So, and I'm not sure we would have done the smart grid and smart meter and all of that if we were not able to offer all these telecommunications uh, products that we're going to be able to offer. Jennifer, you had mentioned um, that your experience is working with many communities in Tennessee. Uh, I'm curious, I, Opelika is the first community in Alabama that I know of to do something like this. And um, I'm just I'm curious to what extent the uh, the Tennessee experience makes sense. And if you can, uh, in, in, in terms of being a lesson, um, offering lessons to Opelika. But I'm also curious more broadly if you can sort of explain uh, the benefits or the reason why one would tie so many different services, uh, the smart metering and the telecommunication services into into one network. Um, well, I guess what's what's relevant with the experience that I've had, and it's not you know only in Tennessee. Actually, I've I've worked with customers across the country um, that have been looking to deploy fiber to the home networks. And as you know, there's been a there's a pocket in Tennessee that um, you know went forward between 2004 and and beyond. And there were a lot of lessons learned. Dalton, Georgia, was actually another one of my customers I worked with in Bristol, Virginia. So that. You know, as people got into the business in the early stages, they were deploying networks based upon the demand that they had in their community for these competitive services. And over time, what started to become more and more, you know, relevant was that there started to become more um, of an incentive and more of a need to upgrade the utility infrastructure as well to make our electric infrastructure smarter in order to um, just be able to provide better service to our customers. And what really kind of started to become evident was that you could utilize the same infrastructure to do both. Um, you could, for instance, when you had a fiber to the home infrastructure, if you, you know, you can, you can utilize an ONT to tell when, you know, to isolate more accurately where a power outage has occurred. And just to for people who aren't familiar, an ONT is the device that's usually on the side of the house that communicates between the house and the network. Yes, that's your telecommunications device that provides um, voice, video, and data interfaces to the home. But it can also be used for other things. It can be used to determine power outages and isolate them down to a certain geographic area. And in a lot of cases, electric utilities didn't have that intelligence built into their network before. And there's a long list of other things that as these networks have evolved, you know, municipal utilities are great about talking to each other, learning from each other, and helping each other, you know, from lessons learned, deploy networks and leverage them for other things. And I think that that's what has happened over time. There's been a, you know, influence that Needed to, we needed to start looking at how to smarten the electric systems and how to get you know better information out of our electric systems so we could better manage our power um, resources. And then realizing you can also add telecommunications you know products over it to meet the demands in your community for economic development and 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 meet those other needs as well. It's a business plan that has evolved over time that has 
has proven to be the most most successful and profitable. And if you start to look at really the numbers, you know, utilities that invest in this type of infrastructure can utilize funds that they have to make these investments. And um, really the return on investment when you look at, at structuring a plan that way is significant in comparison to um, just deciding we want to deploy telecommunications infrastructure alone. Right. It seems to, intuitively to make sense that if you're going to be making a large investment, you want to try and create as many benefits as you can across as many sectors of the economy as, as possible. And that it, that would also include uh, municipal departments and that sort of thing. Um, now, if if we jump forward to today, I'm, I'm curious how the network is benefiting the community and, uh, and what exactly is happening uh, this week in Opelika as a result of the network. Well, this week... Uh Christopher, we're we're signing up the uh, the first friendlies to uh, be our, our our test subjects for our system, and th- those are employees uh, of Opelika Power Services. So they'll be uh, installed this week, and they'll begin uh, getting the video and the um, uh, the internet. I don't believe the voice part of it is quite available yet, but will be. So we'll get these friendlies on. And then we'll add some more to it as we uh, work out any bugs or glitches we might have in the system. And then hopefully in in May, uh, could be the middle or latter part of May, we'll begin offering uh, our services to customers. And and I'm very anxious for that to happen because all we've been doing uh, for the past few years is uh, spending money. So I'd like to have some revenue coming back uh, coming back this way. We, we don't know all the benefits yet. We're, we're pretty confident what those benefits will be. And uh, now it's just a matter of, you know, executing our plan and getting, uh, getting customers uh, online with us. You made some very powerful enemies in, in pushing for this approach and upsetting Charter. Um, in a number of places, uh, we've seen Charter or other providers respond by, you know, trying to make uh, the mayor's life more difficult when they've done that. Um, and and as you just stated, you've made a very large investment that you've had to pay all the bills long before the benefits start being achieved. I'm I'm just curious if you have any advice for other elected officials who may have to face an election before the benefits are rolling in from a needed investment. <laughs> that's a, that's a great great uh, great question. Uh, you know, I would uh, I'd pray a lot about it, and then I would. Uh, uh, you got to make sure you got the courage and uh, and then the support. Uh, I was most fortunate in that I informed the city council. We have five council members, and I informed them every step of the way of, of what we were doing. Tried to educate them as I was being educated, and and got the council totally involved. So every vote that we have had in the past uh, on this has been five zero. So. I, if someone else is going to do it, of course, make sure you got you know some uh, political support from your uh, your city council or your governing uh, body. So I, we've been most fortunate in that, and uh, we've been straight up with them on uh, what to expect and what kind of uh, payback period we're looking we're, we're looking at. So you know it's it's not going to be an overnight success. We. I think our just with a very conservative take rate, we're looking at uh, Jennifer. I believe it's about a four-year break-even. But you know the good thing about that is that uh, unlike 
some of these publicly traded companies, uh, we don't have to have a quarterly earnings report, and we don't have to satisfy Wall Street. We do have to satisfy. I have to satisfy Main Street, and that's the citizens that live here in Opelika. And we've been upfront with them about that that it's going to take a while for uh, for us to get a return, and and we do have to pay for this. We cannot use any tax money to pay for it. It'll have to be paid for out of revenues uh, from the uh, Opelika Power Services and from the telecommunications piece of this. So uh, that'd be my advice for someone else looking at it. And Jennifer, do you have anything to add on to that? Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, and like I said earlier, um, Mayor Fuller and and his council had, you know, the vision. They, you know, went through a very diligent process of educating themselves on um, what it would take to do this, and. Um, you know, made sure that it was the right thing for their community and then, you know, moved forward with the project with, um, you know, implementing, you know, the smart grid piece as well as, as the telecommunications. And I think that they're, you know, they have seen, um, you know, I don't know, Mayor, you could speak more to the economic development piece, but I think that there's interest, you know, in other systems I've, um, dealt with there's the fiber system itself is typically of interest to um, businesses who are who are looking to move into communities and um, establish themselves there I think that'll provide a benefit but also I think as they move forward they will be able to do things that you know with their with their system that are they're going to see great benefits from in um, saving their their community money and managing, you know, more efficiently managing their electric system. Their community will see a benefit, as we've all seen in the past, with um, competition enter the market. There will be better pricing, and there'll be better service from everyone. So, you know, we see that as a benefit to the community. We expect completely that our competitors will. We know they've been upgrading their networks, which they probably wouldn't have done without the um, without this project being built. They're... Um, we see them in the field as we're we're doing installation of you know the infrastructure itself, and know their intent is to to come out with very competitive pricing when we launch, and we see that as also just an overall benefit to the community that um, it will have lasting you know and long term effects for them. And one of the other benefits we often see in the communities is, is much better services to local schools and uh, municipal departments. Are Have you started to see any of those types of benefits yet? Well, there's a great deal of uh, certainly interest from Opelika City Schools and from our community college. We have a regional hospital that uh, I believe they would, they would have signed up six months ago if we could have uh, served them. And, of course, they're really interested in that uh, speed of that ultra-high-speed on the uh, Internet because what they're doing now is just, frankly, pretty slow when you're sending those really big, big files. So, yes, we, we, we there's a lot of interest there. Uh, certainly, as um, as we recruit uh, business and manufacturers to come to Opelika, the, uh, the fact that we're going to have a fiber uh, network is very important to most of them. That's going to be a long-term benefit, and part of what we've tried to look at, and I've encouraged all of us to look at, is not what this is going to do for us the first year or the fifth year, 
But what it's going to mean to Opelika 10 years and 20 years from now, um, for us to have this kind of technology, what it's going to mean for our children and our grandchildren, you know, this is a long-term project that is going to be paying, I think, uh, dividends and benefits for many, many years to come. Is there anything else that, that we should know about Opelika as we sign off the podcast? Well, yeah, you ought to come down here and visit us, uh, Chris. Now, I know that you're a sports photographer, and uh, you come down here and shoot. Uh, you know, there's the Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail in the state of Alabama, and the crown jewel of all the trail courses is located in Opelika, and it's called Grand National. A few years ago, Golf Digest magazine rated all 300, I think it was 334 metropolitan areas and the Opelika Auburn Metro was chosen number one for golf. We beat Myrtle Beach and all these other places, primarily because of Grand National, uh, part of that Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail. So I would invite you to uh, come down here and visit us. Maybe you could come for the uh, for the ribbon cutting when we uh, start serving uh, customers and open our new uh, facility, administrative building. And uh, come down here and stay three or four days and spend some money with us. <laughs> I, w- I would like that very much, although, I, I, to be honest, I might be more interested to try and play on your connections to uh, get into an Auburn football game uh, while I'm down there. <laughs> we, 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 can, we, can, uh, we can do that, even though Jennifer and I both bleed crimson. Uh, we're very, very fond of uh, Auburn and uh, what a great, great university it is and what a great partner they've been for the city of Opelika especially in the area of economic development. So Auburn's a great school. Of course, uh, didn't have a very successful basketball season this year. And, of course, you guys at the University of Minnesota fired fired Tubby Smith. And I guess you haven't announced a new coach yet, have you? Uh, no, we have not. And, uh, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've greatly appreciated Tubby. He was uh, had a, he had so much integrity. Um, just regret that we couldn't get uh, more wins. Yep. Well, and, of course, football is is the big, big deal down here in the state of Alabama and especially at Auburn and, and in uh, at the University of Alabama. So, yeah, you come on down here. We'll, we'll, uh, we know some folks over there. We can get you in and get you a, a sideline pass, and you shoot all the pictures you want to. I, I, I will definitely put that on my list. I want to do a, a trip driving around the country, uh, hitting as many networks as I can and call it a vacation. Uh, I'm not sure I can talk my wife into it, but you're on the list now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Jennifer, is there anything else that, that you'd like to throw in in terms of your experiences with Opelika that, that we should know? Well, well, I will tell you that the project that Opelika has decided to undertake is large as any, you know, I've seen. Um, you know, they're a smaller community, but, but at the same time they've undertaken building a fiber infrastructure. They're building new facilities. They've undertaken um, becoming really the first CLEC in the state of Alabama true going to the FCC and, and actually having to um, validate some of the laws in the state of Alabama and how, how you get through the process of becoming a CELEC. They've had a lot of firsts. They're, they're continuing to move forward very aggressively. I'm very honored to be, we're very honored to be a part of this project. So I think it'll be um, instrumental in helping them to continue to be at the forefront of, you know, just communities and, and economic development. They're a very progressive community, and this is just another example of that. Let me, let me add this, Christopher, to what Jennifer was saying. You know, when we started on this, the, the, the important thing for us was not to be some kind of pioneer or 
uh, to get a lot of kudos for, you know, for being bold or brave. Uh, we knew what we wanted, and we were convinced of what the long-term benefits would be. And now, you know, some of these battles we've had to had to fight have been uh, have been a challenge to say the least. But uh, we're probably better uh, people for it after having uh, gone through some of that, and uh, we're excited about the future. And I hope that you've helped to lead the way for other communities in Alabama that may have been in a that may be in a similar situation to where you had been before you move forward. You know, one of the things that we found with networks that are successful is they can start reaching out into unincorporated areas around them and other rural communities to to work together and, and find a solution. So um, I'm I'm just really thrilled that you found a way to make it work in Alabama, and I very much look forward to following your progress. Great, thanks a lot, Christopher. That was Christopher visiting with Jennifer McCain and Mayor Gary Fuller from Opelika, Alabama. Learn more about the community at opelika.org, including a video tour that you can take of the city. You can also visit muninetworks.org and follow the Opelika tag to see more on our coverage of the network. In addition to information in print, we have posted a few videos from local media about the network and about the community. We want your questions or comments. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org. Follow us on Twitter to learn about all the most recent developments relating to community networks, broadband policy, and telecommunications. Our handle is at Community Nets. This show was released on April 2nd, 2013. Thanks again to D. Charles Spear and the Helix for their song, Freddie's Lapel's License Using Creative Commons.